Welcome. Welcome. If you will, open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Um, every week I keep saying that this may be my new chapter. My, my, my new favorite chapter. Uh, chapter 8 is, is amazing. Uh, chapter 8 is, is them coming together. We're going we're gonna to read it here in just a minute. But I, I want to point out just a couple of things before we read it. It's the church. It's the people gathering up in chapter 8. It's all that are living there in Jerusalem coming together. Gathering, it says, is one. What a statement. And we're going to talk about that. Let's go to him in prayer first and then we'll read Nehemiah chapter 8. Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you that we are right here, right now, worshiping and praising you. God, I thank you that we have your word to dig into. I thank you that, that, that it's right here readily available. And Lord, I just pray that it's your truth that's spoken from my mouth this morning. And it, it, anything that is not of you it, it, it is not spoken. And if it is, Lord, that it just falls to the ground and nobody leaves here with it. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be evident this morning and move and, and flow through this church, Lord. I just pray that I'm overflowing with the Holy Spirit, that, that it's you that takes over, that I deny my flesh and set it aside and allow you to speak. God, I thank you that that is who you are. God, I thank you for every person here this morning. And I pray that they know that you love them unconditionally. Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 8. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. Y'all get off easy, I'm telling you. Morning until midday. We might change some times. No. Uh, morning until midday. Before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at the right hand stood all these individuals that you're going to read silently. And at his left hand all these individuals. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, these individuals that you're going to read again to yourself, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. 
And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribes and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy. To our Lord, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were described in them. I'm going to stop right there. I know there's more to read there as we get into the Feast of Tabernacle or the Feast of Booths. And it relates back to when we were in John and talking about the Feast of Booths. But right now, we're going to stop there. If I have time today, we will continue on. I don't know that we'll have time. I'm just going to tell you now. But it's okay. What a statement that we have off the beginning here. Right? I said it's just... It's the gathering. They said the gathering is one. What are we to do? gather right here Sunday mornings we gather as one one body we're told right one body we gather up right here and we read God's word that's what was taking place on this day they were reading God's word and they were reading the, the books that Moses had written and at the beginning of this it's kind of a the way that I'm, I'm taking it is that it was kind of big picture they're saying hey the word of God was read from morning until midday. And then when we get to about verse 5, it starts breaking down the detail. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Think about that for a minute. Think of the reverence that they showed for it. When I was reading, I was just thinking about... Going to a rodeo, right? At Fort Worth, short round was the other day. It doesn't matter. But in that, as soon as the American flag rode into the arena, what did everybody do? Stood up. Why? They were showing their reverence to the flag. So from now on, when I open the Word of God, no, I'm, I'm joking. I don't know what that means for us. But... <laughs> showed reverence to God's Word. Think about that. I'm going to tell you it's a hard thing. When we open up God's Word, I don't care if it's in your own personal study. I don't care if it's on Sunday morning. Let your heart stand up. Let your ears stand up. Let your mind shut down to everything except God's Word that He has for you right there. Stand up. Shut down everything else, right? They were, they were showing that God, Your Word, is most important right now. There is nothing above You right now. And in your study, do the same. God, there's nothing above what I am going to read right now. There's nothing above You right now. Amen. You see... <laughs> And then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. What a statement. 
What a statement because, you know, he could have been reading all kinds of things, but, but if you will, uh, uh, go to Deuteronomy with me. Deuteronomy 11. Because what a statement that this is, that he praised the great God. Deuteronomy 11. And we're going to be in 11 for just a couple of verses here. Deuteronomy 11.2. This could have been what he was reading. He had the words of Moses with him. Deuteronomy 11.2. Know today that I do not speak with your children who have not known and who have not seen the chastening of the Lord your God, His greatness and His mighty hand and His outstretched arms. Jump down to verse 7. Deuteronomy 11, verse 7. But your eyes have seen every great act of the Lord which He did. Say, how great are you, God? How great are you? Jump over to chapter 32 in Deuteronomy. <clears throat> Deuteronomy. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 32. Verses 3 through 4. This is maybe what he read. Deuteronomy 32, 3 through 4. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. He is the rock. He is the rock. He, his work is perfect. I want you to hear that this morning. He is the rock and His work is perfect. For all His ways are justice, a God of truth, and without injustice, righteous and upright is He. Our God is great. And I want you to hear that this morning, that our God is absolutely great. Amen. And that's exactly what all the other people said. <laughs> you go back to Nehemiah chapter 8. It says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen. Right? We've talked about this before. Amen says, I agree with what you're saying. Amen, Amen says, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I don't know if it does, but that's what I'm going with. They're saying, you know what, I agree with the truth that's being said. And I want to tell you, don't ever be afraid to say amen unless I'm talking about old ladies OC. Okay? <laughs> I read a verse that was talking about old ladies gossiping, and he said amen one time on a Sunday morning, and it was not appropriate. I'm just, I'm just joking, OC. I'm just giving you a hard time. Don't ever be afraid to say amen. It's good. It's saying, you know what, I agree with what's being said. I agree with the truth that's being said. Don't ever be afraid to say amen, amen. But I want you to get this next verse. That, that It's not even a, it's a continuation of this sentence. It says, amen, amen, while lifting up their hands. I mean lifting up their hands. You're supposed to sit on your hands. You're not supposed to put them in the air. Not true. Not true. I just want to read a couple of verses for you. I just want you to hear. I'm going to write them down, write them down, but I just want you to hear. Psalms 28.2 Hear the voice of my supplications. When I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Psalm 63.4 <clears throat> Thus I will bless you while I live. 
I will lift up my hands in your name. Psalms 134.2 Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless your Lord. What is this? Is this sanctuary of the Lord? Amen, amen. Right? Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalms 141.2 Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Psalms 143.6 I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty lamb. We may say, well that's all old school. That's all Old, old, old Testament. Okay then. 1 Timothy 2.8. Alright? We'll go to the New Testament. 1 Timothy 2.8. I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, <clears throat> lifting up holy hands. Look, I read this because I'm not saying that you have to lift up your hands to worship God. That you have to lift up your hands when you pray. They have to lift up. No. What I'm saying is, if that's what God leads you to do, do it. If He doesn't lead you to it, don't. But it's not about your neighbor, okay? It's not about the person sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you, and what they do. It's about you and your praise. Amen. It's about you and your walk. It's about you and your worship with Him. It's not about anybody else. <laughs> but I want to encourage you in that. that if you're led to raise a hand in prayer, you're singing, whatever it is, I want you to feel good about doing it. And not worry about anybody else around you and what they're doing. We're going to get on to worship here in a minute, but I think there's a perfect illustration that was actually told to me just this morning. And I'm probably going to mess it up, and I'll just tell you that now because I, my family just told me about it this morning, and, and it was such an illustration that I thought, wow. This lady had went to her pastor and said, you know, I don't think that I can come to church here anymore. I'm, I'm going to leave the church. And he said, "Why would you? what's on your heart? Why, why would you want to leave? And she said, well, you know, every time I look around, I see so-and-so over here gossiping. I, I see so-and-so over here doing this while we're praying. And they're, they're, you know, I can't, I'm getting distracted. All this stuff is going on. And, and I just can't focus. He said, okay, you can leave. But, but will you do me a favor before you leave? Will you carry this glass that is completely full around the church three times? So she took that glass that was completely full and he said, don't spill any of it. Be real careful. Don't spill any of it. And she walked around the church three times and he said, when you walk around the church three times, you're more than welcome to go after you do that. It, no problem at all. So she walked around the church three times and she didn't spill a drop. Not one. And she said, here, here's your glass of water back. I didn't spill a drop. We'll see you. And he said, wait a minute. Can I ask you some questions before you leave? Yeah. Did you see anybody gossiping while you were walking around the church? No. Did you see that there was communion cups still left and they weren't picked up? Did you see that? No. Did, did you see that there were some songbooks strung out and weren't put away back where they were supposed to be? Did you see that? No. No. Well, what about the trash that needs dumped? It's overflowing. There's trash. Did you see that? No. Worship the same. When you worship Jesus, you focus the same way you did when you carried that glass around the sanctuary. 
and you let your focus be on Him, not on what everybody else is doing. I thought, what a statement. Where's our focus in our worship? Where is our focus as we praise? Where's our focus when we come right here on Sunday mornings to gather up for Him? You see, it says, Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Worship. Worship. That's a word that gets thrown around a lot. You know what? It's a word that gets thrown around a lot. And what does it really mean? Well, what does that word mean? Because a lot of Christians have probably put many definitions to that word and the way that they feel what it is. Well, I'll tell you that in this right here, it means that they bent over. Is that what we mean when we say worship? They bent over or they bowed down. Now, don't get me wrong, they absolutely were showing reverence to the deity. It was an act of honor and praise to their God. What does that mean for us? What is worship for us? Matthew 14. If you'll jump over there with me. Matthew 14. I love, I love this story. It's one of my favorites. Matthew 14. Peter. Well, all the many of the disciples are in the boat, right? And they see, see Jesus starting to come across. They didn't know it was him at first. They were scared. But then they're saying, oh, hey, it's Jesus. Hey, and Peter's like, Jesus, is that you? Yeah, well, if it's you, tell me to come. Come. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking on the water. I've said it many times, and we don't know how far Peter got, but I think he got away. I really do. And then he started to sing, right? And Jesus is right there, pulls him up out of the water, and he sets him back in the boat, and, and the wind ceases. It says, ye little faith, right? And then we get to a verse, uh, we get to Matthew chapter 14, verse 33. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped Him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. See, I think that's part of our worship right there. Part of our worship. How about John 4, 23 and 24? John 4, 23 and 24. I'm just going to read this for you. It says this, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. And it goes on, God is spirit. And to those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And there's a whole sermon in that, I'll tell you right now. But I'm not going to dig into that. I just want you to hear that. Romans 12.1 Romans 12.1 Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Some say your worship. 
And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hebrews 13.15 Listen to this. Hebrews 13.15 Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. That's our worship. Our worship is recognizing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Our, our worship is understanding who He is and what He's done for us. Our worship is an is a understanding and giving reverence to the deity of who He is. Are we doing that? Are we giving reverence to Him? That's worship. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. See, because it says, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then these men were there to help. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. What a statement. Look, this morning what I want you to hear from all this is that I want you to understand the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that was their deal. They wanted to make sure that the people that were there understood what was read. They wanted to make sure that they left there with an understanding of what God was trying to tell them. I want you to understand the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? We can easily get off in the weeds. We can easily get off in the stuff that, that really doesn't matter. But what matters is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That He loves you so much. That our God, our Father God, loves you so much that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, in a virgin birth, to walk here, to, to live, to be tempted, to know and understand what it's like to live in the flesh. And He did it. Hallelujah. Amen. And He conquered death by going to the cross and being crucified for you. For you. He did it all for you. He took the beatings. He was spit on. He was, all the nastiest stuff that you could think of, He went through it and hung on a cross and was crucified for you. And then He was cut a tomb. But our God raised Him from the grave. And He walked this earth 40 more days and He was a witness to many and many witnessed it that He was the Christ, the Son of God because He rose from the grave. And now He sits at the right hand of our God. See, I want you to understand that because that's the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And He loves you so much that He did all that so that you can have eternal life with Him. And He says, if you believe that, if you believe in Me, you have life. And as it was said this morning, you're sealed with the Spirit. Jesus. And you can know, you can know, you can know that you have life in Him. That is your reassurance. There's no question. You don't have to worry about if you did enough, if you have to do enough, if you, you asked for forgiveness enough, if your mom prayed for you enough. You don't have to worry about all that. Because it's in Jesus Christ that you live and have life. And I want you to understand that this morning. I want you to understand that that's what it is. In our worship, we'll all look a little different. Our praise will all look a little different. 
But if we understand that He loves us that much, how can we not worship? Amen. How can we not pray? See, uh, one more thing I want to point out before we close here. They said, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not sorrow. Do not be saddened because you now understand what God has done for you. Don't be sorry, but rejoice. And, and as we went through John, if you remember, we, it is spoken, and Jesus lays it out, that this day, Sunday, the first day of the week, is the Lord's day. It is holy. So let me ask you this. Do you make it holy? Do you make your Sundays holy? I'm not saying that you make it a Sabbath because it's not a Sabbath. But do you make it holy? Do you make it holy and give Him praise and worship where worship and praise is due? It says, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you stand in that? This little section ends in verse 12. And all the people went their way to eat and drink to send portions and rejoiced greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Let me ask, are you rejoicing? When you leave out of here, are you going to be rejoicing? I pray that you are because if you understand that what Jesus has done for you, I pray that we're all rejoicing, that we're all in worship, that we're all just joy from within overflowing because we understand that Jesus Christ gives us life. You're excited. Truly. As we talked this morning in class, if this is just a two-hour session in church and that's all it is and you go home and you're not any different, your heart's not open to God to move you, to use you, then I pray you seek Him with everything you have and let it be different. I want us walking out of here praising I want us walking out of here excited about what Jesus has done for us. And because when we are excited about what Jesus has done for us, we'll tell others. There's no way to stop it. So I'm going to invite the praise team up. And we're going to sing a little more than usual this morning because you know what? When we sang this morning, if your heart wasn't smiling... <laughs> Come and pray with me in the back when we stand here, okay? So we're going to do some worship this morning. We're going to praise Him as we sing. And I want you to just be concerned with your worship to God. I don't need, you don't need to worry about anybody else in this church. You don't need to worry about who's beside you, who's in front of you, and what they're doing, what they're not doing. You worry about you. That's the wrong word. You focus on you and your God. And you worship Him. I pray that you leave today rejoicing in who your God is. Because He is great. He is great. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to do it. And if you want to talk with me about that, I would love to talk with you about it. Today's the day. Today's the day to give Him your life. Today's the day that if you've given Him your life, but you haven't been baptized, come and talk with me. Let's do it.
And if you need prayers for any reason this morning whatsoever, please come and pray with me. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You that we have Nehemiah chapter 8 where all of Your people are gathering up and reading Your Word. Just as we're doing this morning, we're gathering up and reading Your Word. And I pray that we focus on You. That, that our focus is there, not on anybody else. That our focus is straight line to You. Father, I pray that we do worship You. We honor You. We praise You. We, we know and we, we show the, the, the reverence of Your deity. Lord, I pray this morning that we walk out of here rejoicing because of what You have done for us and that You have given us life and life to the fullest. Lord, I pray for anybody here this morning that's struggling in that. I pray for anybody this morning that's struggling in understanding You and who You are and what You've done for them. And I pray that their heart opens to it, Father. That their heart opens to You and You moving in them. Lord, we don't have to have it all figured out. You tell us that. We just have to be willing and open to You coming into our life. You coming into our heart. You sending the Holy Spirit to live within us when we confess You as Christ. And I pray this morning that if anybody here has not done that, that they take that step forward to open up their heart to You and say, You, Jesus, You, Jesus, are the Son of God. You, Jesus, rose from the grave. And it's You who I want to give my life to. Lord, I thank You that that is how it is and You have paid the debt. You've taken it all. All because of You, Jesus. Thank You, thank You, thank You. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.